From the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network studios in Des Moines, this is Iowa Ag Matters. I'm Riley Smith. In today's show, Mark continues his conversation with Kurt Ellis of Farmers Business Network about their partnership with Poet. I have the latest South America update with Allendale commodity broker Greg McBride, and we take a dive into the data from the 2022 Census of Agriculture. Now here are your hosts for today, Mark Magnuson and Andy Peterson. All right, Riley, it's a little cooler today on a a Thursday edition of the Iowa Ag Matters program. Thanks so much for joining us. Mark in for Dustin today as uh, he's out working on a couple of other things. And big news yesterday continues to be the uh, talk of Iowa agriculture, Mark, the uh, uh, resistant water hemp to 2,4-D and what that uh, could mean for weed management. Now, it was in a ditch, not, of course, on a caution, in the field somewhere. Your enlist uh, soybean weed control system will be just fine for now, but it certainly does send a cautionary message as far as responsible herbicide usage. We'll talk more about that here on the program today. Big down day in the markets yesterday. In fact, uh, Dustin was talking as uh, we were chatting a little bit earlier, some $3 cash prices. Uh, are being seen. The basis number is a little bit further ahead. Right now, let's start things off, Mark. You're visiting with Eric Ralph from Comstock. Joined today by Eric Ralph of Comstock for our opening market discussion. Eric, what are we seeing taking place in the grains? Uh, a little bit softer overnight. We saw the USDA Ag Outlook Forum release their first set of data this morning and didn't really shock the market, which I was a bit surprised when I started seeing uh, how, how the board was reacting at the time of the release, and, and it was pretty muted. So that's that's a good thing for the moment. Hopefully we can keep that muted reaction because the numbers are a little large uh, when we look at you know projected yields and, and acreage numbers, and, and then even in the corn carry uh, from this forum, uh, it, it, it continues to grow. You know, we come from a 2.17 to a 2.53 in the coming crop year. So obviously we have the entire growing season ahead of us. There's a lot of variables that need to be figured out in the meantime. But as of right now, the USDA is looking for something closer to a trend line yield uh, on large number of acres uh, and increasing the carryout. So that's what we have to work with to start the season. Hopefully this is the worst numbers we see all year and, and it's onward and upward. So what do you point to then for the muted reaction to that report when you were expecting maybe a little bit more? Is that a factor of traders already kind of anticipating what they were going to see in the report? Yeah, I think so. You know, like we we put out in our Comstock report yesterday that these are likely to be bearish numbers and it'll probably be the biggest guess at the crop that we see all year. And I think the trade was looking for that and pricing accordingly. So we're already pricing in the bearish news. So when we actually get it, not much of a reaction. Kind of uh, meets the cliche that we, we often say, sell the rumor by the fact or vice versa. This was one of those con- scenarios where they had already sold it off expecting the bearish news. Then we get it. And, and here we are. Eric, what's the latest with Brazil and Argentina right now? Um, right now, they are they're plowing through harvest in Brazil uh, at a very high rate. And, and anybody who's spent any time in a combine or, or is farming here domestically knows that when you have a swift harvest, usually that's due to a lower yield, dry. Um, in the case of the soybeans, you know, a lot of BBs coming out, low oil content probably will have some quality issues because of the drought experience across large regions of Brazil. So that good and bad right so we're opening the fields up we're getting safrina corn planted 
that's bad. However, it is moving along so quickly that the quality is likely to not be there. And, and that'll take, you know, the, the grain actually getting inspected for export before we have any quality red flags from that front or getting shipped to crush facilities, be it in Brazil or Argentina, because Argentina is buying some Brazilian beans and, and see kind of what they're developing down there. Now in Argentina, most of the beans that get crushed there are for the meal export market. That's what they send out on the global market. So it, they are going after the meal, not as much the oil, but if it's too dry, then obviously that doesn't work either. So a lot of things to figure out as far as quality, but uh, quantity in Argentina is going to be tremendous. They've had a perfectly cooperative season, and they should be starting harvest sooner than later here in the coming week or two. Thank you to Eric for our discussion with the grains. We'll have more coming up with the livestock in just a little bit, but it is time now for the three big Iowa Ag Matters. Number three. Looking for a breakthrough in farm bill negotiations are those who represent Iowa producers on a national level, including Blaine Arthur, who is president of the National Association of State Agriculture Departments. Number one certainly is Farm Bill, and that's been on everyone's mind for a long time now, and we are appreciative of the extension, uh, but hopeful to uh, get some resolution to that this year, and uh, specific uh, within Farm Bill, everything from ag research to animal health to conservation efforts, all things that I think are very important, and we want to continue to carry that message to our congressional members as well. She says she's sees a bit of a stalemate currently between the livestock programs and the crop production subsidies and the safety net programs in regard to how they all fit together. Number two. Lower prices, in fact, substantially according to a new analysis from the University of Illinois, which projects crop insurance prices will be much less than in 2023, resulting in a lower per acre minimum. Researchers say premiums are likely to be 16 to 18% lower for corn and 10 to 12% lower on soybeans based on current estimates as far as projections and actual numbers. Well, December corn 474, November soybeans 1173. Number one. Sounding the alarm and the number of farms and acres in the U.S. according to the latest census of agriculture is former Iowa governor and current USDA secretary Tom Vilsack who says the results were concerning as he looked at the numbers. In 2017, when we did the survey, there were 2,042,220 farms. Today, the survey reports we have 1,900,487 farms. So doing a little quick math, that's 142,000 fewer farms in five years. The survey tells us that in 2017, we had well a little over 900 million acres of land and farming. Five years later, we have 880 million acres. So we've lost 20 million acres. He says if you go back to 1981, we've lost 535,000 farms. Now that's every farm today in the following states, North and South Dakota, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, Iowa, Nebraska, Oklahoma, Missouri, and Colorado. I'm Andy Peterson. Those are your three big Iowa ag matters. You might think Iowa just grows corn, but the truth is corn grows Iowa. Hi, I'm Stu Swanson, a farmer from Galt, Iowa, and the first vice president of the Iowa Corn Growers Association. Whether you're planting, harvesting, or anywhere in between, as a member of the Iowa Corn Growers Association, you're also actively advocating for our industry. As an ICGA member, you have a voice lobbying on ag issues at the state and federal levels on priorities that impact your farm. Join us today at iowacorn.org join. 
We have the results from the 2022 Census of Agriculture from USDA. We will talk about that coming up in segment number two here on Iowa Ag Matters. Well, let's look at some census of agriculture data, shall we? It's sort of a five-year snapshot of what we're doing or, and how we're doing it and who it is that's doing it in modern food, fuel, and fiber production. Andy and Mark in for Dustin on the Iowa Ag Matters program, your authentic, official, and trusted voice of Iowa agriculture. Mark, what jumped out to you the most from the uh, census of agriculture data, along with the um, 2,4-D resistant uh, herbicides, a lot of topic uh, being gener- or conversation being generated around those numbers as well. Yeah, Andy, you know, looking at it, there's kind of three big things that jump out me at, at me immediately. And those are the number of farms that we've lost over that five-year period. And I wrote about this a little bit in the newsletter yesterday, but 142,000 fewer farms is basically what it boils down to in the past five years. Also, we're looking at an aging, you know, farmer population, which we know as almost 1.3 million farmers are now at or beyond retirement age. That really jumps out to me because, I mean, those guys that are out there still working very, very hard, they could be retired right now, but we're going to have to lose those farmers at a certain point. They are going to retire. But then, you know, maybe the one that jumps out to me the most, Andy, the 20 million acres in farmland lost, you know, just looking at that, that seems like a big number to me. And then how often do we talk about needing to increase the food production, you know, for an increasing world population. That's just a little bit scary to me. It is. Yeah. So those numbers, of course, that's what Tom Vilsack was talking about. Um, and not only not only the 20 million acres, but also the um, um, number of farms. And, uh, you know, then the, it's interesting, the number of acres, that's basically the size of New Hampshire that we've lost, by the way, to put that into um into a perspective isn't that crazy yeah so uh secretary vilsack went back to 1981 and a census of ag done by then secretary of agriculture bob bergland uh since then we've lost 535,000 farms that's every farm today in the following states north and south dakota minnesota wisconsin illinois and iowa nebraska oklahoma missouri and colorado so that's that's a wide area but then let me I know those numbers are big and and, uh, scary and can be concerning, but then let me ask you this, Mark. We're looking at a free fall in commodity prices, a carry out of corn of over 2 billion bushels and soybeans perhaps to 300 or 350 million near record levels. So while we've lost farms, production efficiency certainly has gone up. Yes, that's true. There's a balance there somewhere, but. If we if we start increasing the number of farms again, we're only going to increase the oversupply, aren't we? Yeah, you make a good point. And, you know, that is also why it all comes down to demand, finding the demand, you know, ability or finding demand for all of this increased production. Because, as you say, Andy, it's kind of a catch 22. Yes, we are losing some farms, but our farmers are just so darn productive and efficient that it kind of works out in the end. They're the best in the world. There's no doubt about that. As our, our farm's going to get smaller so we can get more of them. Boy, it's hard to see that with the cost of everything going up uh, in the amount of capital required. But that may very well be what the secretary is uh, uh, wanting to uh, see for diversification purposes as well. More Iowa Ag Matters coming up in just a moment. In February, we celebrate World Radio Day. 
Here at the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network, we feature Iowa-centric programming with content focused on Iowa crop farmers and livestock producers who draw their livelihood from modern production agriculture. Today, the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network offers nine programs per day, anywhere from two and a half to four minutes. In addition, the network airs a daily midday program featuring Iowa ag news and discussions called Iowa Ag Matters. And we also host a long-format weekend radio program called Weekend Ag Matters. The network's content footprint also includes a growing digital presence, including our daily e-newsletter called Ag Matters Daily, our website, which features our daily news stories at iowaagnet.com, along with a daily YouTube ag news program called Ag Matters PM. We are also active on Facebook, X, LinkedIn, and TikTok, and provide free daily market podcasts twice per day. We thank you for supporting the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network as we celebrate World Radio Day in February. This is Iowa Ag Matters on the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network. Thanks for tuning in today. We appreciate your listenership. And up next, the cash prices from around the state with our basis report from Dustin here on Iowa Ag Matters. Time to run down those elevator prices for you here on Iowa Ag Matters for this February 15th. Corn bids are continuing to slide. In fact, today we're going to see our first sub $4 corn price that we haven't seen in quite a while. Let's go ahead and take a look at the numbers. At ADM in Burlington, they're 20 cents under on corn at 404. Soybeans 12 cents under at 1157. Cargill and Eddyville, they are even today with corn at 424 for their cash bid. New Co-op Algona, 13 cents under on corn, 411. Soybeans, 55 cents under at 1114. Ag State Sheldon, 20 cents over on corn, their cash bid 444. Soybeans, 68 cents under, they're at 1101. Ag State Alta, a dime under on corn, 414. Soybeans, 62 cents under at 1107. At Cargill and Cedar Rapids, we are even today with corn at 424, soybeans 15 cents under at 1154. Reminder, they will be closed February 19th for President's Day. Nexus Co-op Marble Rock, 15 cents under on corn, 409, soybeans 55 cents under at 1114. Lincoln Way Ethanol Nevada, 2 cents under on corn, cash bid 422. ADM Des Moines, 12 cents under on soybeans, cash bid 1157. At New Co-op Red Oak, they're a dime under on corn, 414, soybeans 45 cents under at 1124. Mid-Iowa Cooperative Green Mountain, 24 cents under on corn, their cash bid $4 even. Soybeans 52 cents under, they're at 1117. New Co-op in Sheraton, 25 cents under for our first sub-$4 corn price we've seen in a while, $3.99. Soybeans, 50 cents under, $11.19. Walk-On Feed Ranch, 18 cents under on corn, $4.06. Soybeans, 62 cents under at $11.07. New Co-op Glidden, 13 cents under on corn, $4.11 for the cash bid. Soybeans, 50 cents under at $11.19. Innovative Ag Farley, 17 cents under on corn, $4.07. Soybeans, 53 cents under, cash bid, $11.16. And Cargill and Muscatine closed for the season. They will reopen that terminal at April 1st. The office is still open for regular business. Cash corn and soybean bids are subject to change without notice. Always check with your local elevator when making sales to obtain the most recent price. That's been a rundown of the elevator numbers here on Iowa Ag Matters. Stay with us. Locally led, locally relevant, locally driven. Mark your calendars this February to join the Iowa Soybean Association at a 2024 Innovation to Profit meeting in your area. With meetings in Storm Lake, Waterloo, Fairfield, and Lewis, this is an opportunity to engage with fellow farmers and learn about research opportunities to boost your profitability, productivity, and sustainability. A new year brings new opportunities. Take advantage of them today by registering at iasoybeans.com. This message is brought to you by the Iowa Soybean Association and funded by the Soybean Checkoff and the United Soybean Board. 
We still got more market information yet to come here on Iowa Ag Matters, including a complete rundown of the midday numbers. Mark and Andy will have that for you a little later on in the program. We'll also have complete analysis of what's going on in those livestock markets as well. Stay with us. This is Iowa Ag Matters. Continuing the conversation now with Kurt Alice from Farmers Business Network on additional revenue streams. We talked about their partnership with ABM Regenerations on a mission score yesterday. And now Mark learns more about the potential with Poet. Mark Magnuson for the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network, and I'm joined today by Kurt Alice. He is the head of sustainability at Farmers Business Network. And Kurt, good to talk with you here today. I know that you're very excited about how your program's worked in 2023 and all the people that got involved. Kurt, let's talk about some of those partnerships on the sustainability side and FBN also working in tandem with POET. And could you tell us, is the program offerings from POET, are they similar to the offerings from ADM and the Regenerations programs? Are they different? What is the difference, I guess, for folks who are thinking about the offerings from POET? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, a lot of the the practices that are being rewarded across these different programs, um, whether you call them climate smart practices, regenerative practices, uh, conservation uh, practices, you know these are program these are practices that have been pioneered by growers and now are being rewarded as solutions um, in end markets. Um, and so, with ADM, um, all of those practices I mentioned um, are getting rewarded. Um, with Poet. Um, really, the, the focus is end markets uh, for biofuel, um, export markets, as well as uh, markets that are developing uh, domestically. Um, and so uh, with the POET program, specifically, uh, what matters uh, is the farmer's carbon intensity score. So there's, a, there's been a lot of talk about carbon intensity scores um, in the last uh, six months um, as Inflation Reduction Act continues to be formalized. Um, and so um, but there's already existing markets that reward this. We've been providing carbon intensity scores for farmers um, for a few years. Um, and so the main lever uh, through which a farmer can uh, reduce their overall carbon intensity score is through fertilizer efficiency. And so POET's program rewards corn farmers um, at their ethanol plants. And really uh, what they're looking for most is um, farmers that have either existing uh, efficient fertilizer programs or are looking to uh, bring in new practices to reduce their overall score. And I know another area where farmers could potentially find a new income stream has to deal with the regenerative ag programs from the Environmental Defense Fund. Could you explain that process as well? Yeah. So, you know, I think I think a lot of times when we think about sustainability programs in agriculture, um, we we think about the supply chain or we think about uh, carbon credits. Right. Um, whereas there's other areas and opportunities for continued expansion. I think I think you'll see new products and services in different areas of the farm business. Uh, continue to emerge in the market. Um, finance is one, um, which we have an offering uh, with today. I think insurance opportunities. I think there's various, various warranties that farmers can take advantage of. And so um, we want to continue to unlock new ways for farmers to get rewarded for these practices. And one way uh, in which we're doing it this coming year, and we actually launched this product offering for 24 um, just uh, Monday uh, of this week, um, is our regenerative agriculture finance operating line. This is a partnership with uh, Farmers Business Network Gradable, the sustainability uh, arm of the organization, uh, our finance unit at FBN, and then the Environmental Defense Fund. Basically, the idea of the program is, is 
farmers come in, um, they submit financial information um, in order to get an approved rate for an operating line. Um, and then in addition to that, what they're going to do for this uh, regenerative ag operating line is uh, apply for eligibility for certain environmental criteria. Again, this is planting cover crops, using reduced tillage, um, meeting certain nitrogen use efficiency uh, requirements uh, through EDF's uh, nitrogen balance program. Um, and so by doing that, if farmers meet that requirement, then they get a 0.5% reduction on their overall interest rate. Um, and so basically just a new way in which farmers can get rewarded uh, for the same practices um, that they're doing uh, through a new income stream. Well, Kurt, a lot going on at FBN. And I know that you've got a lot you're looking forward to in 2024 for all the sustainability programs. So thank you so much for the time. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks so much. Thank you again to Kurt Alice of FBN for joining us here on the show. Now it's time for the three big IWAG matters. Number three. Looking for a breakthrough in farm bill negotiations are those who represent Iowa producers on a national level, including Blaine Arthur, who is president of the National Association of State Agriculture Departments. Number one certainly is farm bill, and that's been on everyone's mind for a long time now. And we are appreciative of the extension, uh, but hopeful to uh, get some resolution to that this year. And uh, specific uh, within farm bill, everything from ag research to animal health to conservation efforts, all things that I think are very important. And we want to continue to carry that message to our congressional members as well. She says she sees a bit of a stalemate currently between the livestock programs and the crop production subsidies and the safety net programs in regard to how they all fit together. Number two. Lower prices, in fact, substantially, according to a new analysis from the University of Illinois, which projects crop insurance prices will be much less than in 2023, resulting in a lower per acre minimum. Researchers say premiums are likely to be 16 to 18% lower for corn and 10 to 12% lower on soybeans based on current estimates as far as projections and actual numbers. Well, December corn, 474, November soybeans, 1173. Number one. Sounding the alarm and the number of farms and acres in the U.S. according to the latest census of agriculture is former Iowa governor and current USDA secretary Tom Vilsack, who says the results were concerning as he looked at the numbers. In 2017, when we did the survey, there were 2,042,220 farms. Today, the survey reports we have 1,900,487 farms. So doing a little quick math, that's 142,000 fewer farms in five years. The survey tells us that in 2017, we had well a little over 900 million acres of land and farming. Five years later, we have 880 million acres. So we've lost 20 million acres. He says if you go back to 1981, we've lost 535,000 farms. Now that's every farm today in the following states, North and South Dakota, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, Iowa, Nebraska, Oklahoma, Missouri, and Colorado. I'm Andy Peterson. Those are your three big Iowa ag matters. Locally led, locally relevant, locally driven. Mark your calendars this February to join the Iowa Soybean Association at a 2024 Innovation to Profit meeting in your area. With meetings in Storm Lake, Waterloo, Fairfield, and Lewis, this is an opportunity to engage with fellow farmers and learn about research opportunities to boost your profitability, productivity, and sustainability. A new year brings new opportunities. Take advantage of them today by registering at iasoybeans.com. 
This message is brought to you by the Iowa Soybean Association and funded by the Soybean Checkoff and the United Soybean Board. Market time next here on Iowa Ag Matters. Mark and I dive into the numbers on your official, authentic, and trusted voice of Iowa agriculture. This is the Midday Market Update on Iowa Ag Matters. I'm Mark Magnuson. This segment brought to you by Sweetwater Technologies. Join in on the road to 1 million acres. To find out more, visit SweetwaterTechnologies.com. Joined today by Amanda Brill of Total Farm Marketing for our Midday Market discussion. Amanda, we had the USDA Ag Outlook numbers released this morning. How has the trade reacted? The reaction initially was was very mild. Um both corn and soybeans were basically unchanged uh, after that was released, and it really wasn't until the export sales report was released that, that prices started to fall, and now we're seeing corn down a little over $0.02 cents and soybeans down uh, a little over $0.09. Cents. So I would imagine a little bit of a reaction then to those Ag Outlook numbers. What did we learn here this morning when that was released? So it's obviously early, but they are expecting a decrease in planted corn acres, um, a decrease by 3 million acres to 91, and that would be down from last year's 94.6. And then they also released their trendline yield estimates. So for corn, they're expecting around 181 bushels per acre. And that would um, that would leave us with a larger ending stocks number as well. That's the latest on the grains. Here's Andy Peterson with more livestock news. Okay, Mark, the livestock numbers look like this. As far as cattle go, daily estimated slaughter total numbers, 123,000 head. That's 3,000 less than a week ago. And the same as a year ago, boxes are mixed here at midday with 58 loads of choice cuts selling up $1.73, dollar even. And select is off a buck twenty-eight, two eighty-four oh two on 15 loads of movement that spread jumping now to nine dollars and 98 cents as far as pork goes we see the daily estimated slaughter total numbers coming in at 489,000 head that'd be 2,000 more than a week ago and 4,000 more than a year ago as far as the cash markets go here USDA's daily direct afternoon hog report from yesterday provides a comparison to today's trade we finished yesterday barrels and gilts on a on a carcass basis. Producers sold negotiated purchases over 6,900 heads, so a strong run. And at the end of the day, the market was only up two cents, 68.21, the weighted average price. Formula purchases 169,000 head, and the weighted average price at 74.05. So that market finished up about 40 cents. Now for your midday real time update today, over 2,300 head of negotiated purchases and the weighted average price. Not available due to confidentiality issues. As far as formula purchases go, only 100,000 head of sales. Weighted average price, 74.96. So that market is 78 cents stronger. Are you ready to diversify your farm income? Sweetwater Technologies, powered by GRIP, is offering the next generation of agricultural entrepreneurs turnkey owner-operated drone business partnerships. Together, we can grow and empower agricultural communities through technological solutions. It is our vision to build economic growth for future generations. Apply today to become a business partner and join our journey on the road to 1 million acres at sweetwatertechnologies.com. At midday, March corn is down one and a half at 422 and three quarters. March soybeans down eight and a quarter at 1162 and a quarter. On the Merck, February live cattle up 70 cents at 183.10. 
March feeder cattle up 55 cents at 246.77. April lean hogs up a dollar even at 85.52. April pork cutout up two dollars and 67 cents at 91.42. And class three milk down a penny at 16.15. That was a check of the midday markets on Iowa Ag Matters. I'm Mark Magnuson. On we go with our market analysis here on the Iowa Ag Matters program. Edie Peterson, Mark Magnuson, continuing the conversation with Eric Ralph from Constock right now. Let's switch over to the livestock. What are we seeing with the cattle and hogs? So hogs had a surprisingly strong day yesterday. Um, I don't typically start with hogs when we do these livestock segments, but uh, they, they caught me off guard yesterday. We had a cutout that was fairly quiet, and we had a cash market that was fairly quiet the the cash market did make a nice move on Tuesday, but then didn't have any follow through on Wednesday. And so I, I was a bit surprised by the two and three dollar jumps that we saw in some of those hog contracts yesterday. Um, whether we can get any follow through, that'll that'll be the big deal. You know, now we've hurdled some nearby resistance because of those big jumps yesterday. Can we sustain any upward momentum from there? Uh, obviously, time will tell. We'll find out probably here in the next three or four sessions. In the case of the cattle, they've just been on fire. The cash market was jumping uh, last week. Uh, we saw a $3 jump on the live basis. We saw as much as $10 jump on the dress. And that makes sense because the packers aren't wanting to pay for a lot of tag. They'd rather pay for the carcass than for the live animal because of all the mud and muck that's coming out of the southern plains with the uh, melted snow that's just kind of turned the surface into slime down there. So uh, definitely a strong market. However, we are well overbought in the cattle and every indicator would tell you that you need some kind of meaningful correction here. Yesterday we were softer. Wouldn't be surprised to see another soft session or at least half a session. Uh, but this is a market that I think anybody is looking for a dip to buy and not the other way around. And Eric, with that move to the upside for hogs yesterday, you said, you know, could this potentially be the movement or could we put a little bit of a run together here? What would it take for that to happen? What would need to be the things that would need to be supportive to the hog market? Um, you'd need to see a a little improvement in the cutout and you need to see continued maybe more sustained gradual uh, improvement in the cash market so you think about uh you know we've seen days here where we saw three or four dollar jump in the cash and then the next day you're two dollars lower that that's not the kind of trade i'm, t- I'm talking when you're seeing 50 to 50 cents to a dollar higher day in and day out for a couple of weeks um and then you can set a trend and sustain that. Now, fundamentally, what creates that? Well, it, you're going to have to get a break in the weather. You're going to have to get some uh, some interest in, in grilling season. Uh, and then you send people to the retail counter for some bigger cuts of meat, and they'll start value shopping because the beef is so high still. Uh, and then we can turn to things like pork butts and chops and, you know, then that would probably be the trigger. Now, uh, exports were excellent this morning on the weekly export sales for hogs, um, 83% higher than last week. So if we can continue for the pork exports along that kind of trajectory, that would be enough. Locally led, locally relevant, locally driven. Mark your calendars this February to join the Iowa Soybean Association at a 2024 Innovation to Profit meeting in your area. With meetings in Storm Lake, Waterloo, Fairfield, and Lewis, this is an opportunity to engage with fellow farmers and learn about research opportunities to boost your profitability, productivity, and sustainability. A new year brings new opportunities. Take advantage of them today by registering at iasoybeans.com. 
This message is brought to you by the Iowa Soybean Association and funded by the Soybean Checkoff and the United Soybean Board. Iowa Ag Matters here on the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network. And coming up, it will be Riley Smith joined by Greg McBride of Allendale as he gets the latest on South America. A lot to keep track of and a lot to learn about what's happening in Argentina and Brazil, among other countries. That's coming up next here on Iowa Ag Matters. Well, let's take a look at what's happening in South America. We're hearing reports of harvest going faster than uh, maybe predicted or expected, which could very well speak to uh, to yields and have a market impact. Riley Smith catching up with Greg McBride from Allendale on Iowa Ag Matters right now. Greg McBride from Allendale is back with us again for this week's South American weather and crop update. Uh, first off, Greg, what's the latest weather patterns looking like for Brazil and Argentina? These rains across uh, Brazil, uh, very dry across the uh, uh, the bulk of Argentina now for the uh, 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 for at least the, the the bulk of the eastern portion of uh, Argentina uh, in the one to five day. Looking at the six to ten day, uh, there is some rain that comes in uh, as we uh, as we like to see in Cordoba and, and Santa Fe. So a uh, little bits here and there that'll help them along, but uh, uh, no problems with rain in uh, in Brazil. If anything, might be a little bit too heavy to uh, to push forward on uh, on harvest, but I don't think we're gonna we're gonna push any panic buttons just yet. Uh, the 11 to 15 day does show things drying out a little bit uh, in the southeastern portion of uh, Brazil. Uh, the northern portion and, and uh, northwestern portions are still uh, still seeing good rain, so we'll uh, take that as uh, as good for the uh, the second crop corn uh, that's been planted. Uh, Argentina is a little bit mixed on uh, some of the rain uh, ideas. It's, it's more over the uh, the eastern coast of uh, of Argentina, not so much over the center or western portion. But uh, we'll take it because I think what we'll see uh, once that evolves is it'll actually uh, spread out as it gets closer. So uh, overall, no major complaints about uh, about the weather uh, in uh, in South America at this point. Some areas look like they might get a little bit too much. Some other other areas, not enough. But uh, that all kind of evens out over the over the two week period. And then uh, looking in Brazil at uh, their harvest season right now, uh, what are those numbers uh, coming in at this week? Still moving along ahead of uh, ahead of pace. Twenty two percent completed uh, through last uh, uh, last Friday. Uh, last year they were at fifteen percent, and uh, on the five year average they're at seventeen percent. So they are moving along at a pretty good clip. We are still hearing um, that some of the yields uh, are not necessarily where they would like them to be. Obviously, we know that they had some uh, uh, some issues to get started with this uh, this crop. So. Uh, some of those yield yield numbers being down, and we've seen that uh, reflected in some of the estimates uh, from uh, the boots on the ground down there, Conab, and then obviously the USDA has lowered uh, expectations, but uh, not nearly as much as everybody else. And then, of course, uh, you know we kind of saw this with the uh, WASD report and kind of the lack of reaction there, but um, markets still very much focused on the uh, situation with South America, and you know, looking at those uh, comparative grain prices right now, uh, how are the U.S. grains holding up with uh, Brazil's prices? Well, we are seeing uh, uh, the soybeans uh, narrow the gap a little bit, very little bit, but the Brazil still still clearly holds the 
the discount uh, when it comes to uh, to soybeans. Corn is still uh, in favor of the uh, uh, of the United States, but uh, overall, we just haven't seen a heck of a lot of uh, demand out of uh, either of those uh, those crops. So we'll continue to watch that. Uh, it's not uh, not something that I see changing anytime soon. Uh, there's potential that if there's uh, further cuts made to uh, to Argentina or or Brazil, that uh, we could see some maybe some uh, uh, token business uh, that uh, comes our way but uh, for right now it's it's still going to be the uh, the south america's time to uh, to get those uh, those sales whether it's brazil or argentina all right greg lots of great information today for those of our listeners who'd like to get in touch and learn more from the folks at allendale how can they do that give us a call at 800 to market that's 800 Thank you to Greg McBride of Allendale for the South America update. Let's take a moment now for today's featured conversation. There's a lot of conversation at Commodity Classic about the importance of carbon intensity scoring and increasing farmer participation. I have a Corn Growers Association, one of the leaders on the issue, according to President Jolene Reeson. So I had a study done here on my farm, and I'm actually a a negative carbon emitter. And and I managed to get to that point by a no-till. I use cover crops. I have a custom feed yard that we feed cattle in and I utilize that manure as part of my, as part of my fertility program. The ground is, is actually worked very little. Um, if we can no-till it, that's usually what we do. Always keeping in mind, you know, the soil erosion, carbon capture. We just try and do everything that we can to, number one, keep the soil on my farm, number two, to keep the fertilizer on my farm. She says lowering ethanol's carbon intensity score will be key to unlocking the sustainable aviation fuel market, and you can learn more at iowacorn.org. Wow, just like that, uh, we have reached the end of another fantastic Iowa Ag Matters program. Mark, always good to visit with you here, and we'll look forward to Dustin's return tomorrow. Yes, thanks so much, Andy. You know, you mentioned it to start the show today. A little bit cooler today, and it is, and that got me thinking, you know, We have state wrestling taking place here in Des Moines right now. Normally at this time of year, there is a little bit more snow on the ground, more weather to deal with, and we're still doing just fine. So I'll take a little bit of cool temperature for sure. You've been listening to Iowa Ag Matters here on the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network.